follower of Jesus. It's the most important thing in my life. The most healing, healthy thing for the human brain is a belief in God and prayer. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to the Spiritual Laws of Nature. And um, I'm going to share one with you this week that uh, maybe changed my life forever more than any other single piece of information I have ever received. It was totally life-changing for me over the course of about four or five days. And, um, and I hope that it will, I believe and hope that it will be the same thing for a number of you, okay? And it's all about temptation. But under temptation, it's all about knowing who and where you are, okay? I grew up in a very religious setting and, and everything was about sin and uh, doing the right things and not doing the wrong things. And, it, and it, it, it always seemed superficial to me and hypocritical to me as I saw everybody putting forth this uh, image of being a good Christian. But then you would find out things about all these people that was kind of the opposite of that. All right, And as I was trying to be a good Christian from before I became a Christian, probably from, from six or seven years old, I, I, I became a Christian and a believer officially, was baptized and all, at 12. But way before that, um, I, I, I was trying to be a good boy. Okay, and a uh, little background, until I went to school, my life was pretty much idyllic. I mean, I loved everybody, everybody loved me, I was happy, they said I sang all the time just spontaneously. I really can't remember anything from that time that wasn't good. Once I started to school, it was hard to come up with anything that wasn't bad. I was made fun of for being fat. My nickname was Chunky. And I was made fun of for being dumb. I flunked or barely passed almost everything. Okay, And so my life went from almost idyllic to just awful and horrible. And I dreaded school and I hated school and all that kind of stuff. And all the stress and, and pain from that, I... Numbed, I needed a way to numb it or escape from it. So I turned to fat, you know, foods and stuff. I turned to sugar, candy and drinks and stuff like that. I turned to lust. My hormones were starting to kick in. Lots of pretty girls around. And that was always my biggest sin. And most of the guys I have known in my life have said the same thing. Uh, so, uh, and some of my sin was internal, private sin, but it was thought sin and imagination sin, but it was still sin to me at that time, okay? So I believed I was living in that first system of right and wrong that we've talked about. There's two, but the first one is if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad, all right? So I believed I was living there and probably sinned about... I don't know, 
50 times a day, either actually or in my thoughts and imaginations, okay, lust and things like that. So once I started to school until I was about 28 when Hope kicked me out of the house, I cannot ever remember feeling I was good enough. Now, maybe a couple of, of retreats, you know, by the end of the retreat where I'd come forward and ask for forgiveness and things like that. But even then, it would last a day or two and then I'd be right back in it. Okay? So, um, when Hope kicked me out of the house, I felt like um, I did not measure up. My worth was worthless. Um... I was rejected and rejected myself and believed God rejected me, okay? And all of that belief about who and what I was kept me constantly stressed and acting in selfishness, which is one of the big reasons hope kicked me out of the house, okay? The day after I was kicked out of the house, I met the man who would become my mentor until today, actually. And um, he taught me something that totally busted my bubble. It changed my life forever. He taught it to me. I wept. I remember weeping almost all weekend as I was thinking, this just can't be true. It can't be possible. Uh, but then I came to believe it is true. All right, and and that from that day, I've really never been the same. And, and and I hope this will do that for some of you. All right, here's the principle. There's a thing called temptation. Okay, and maybe the best way to illustrate that is with a fishing pole. Sorry, I'm a terrible drawer. This is a fishing pole, and the green thing is the string. The red is the bait. The blue is the water, and um, you know, we could have little uh, fishies under here. <laughs> Isn't that the worst fish you've ever seen? I used to play Pictionary, and the most fun people had was laughing at my pictures. Um, so anyway, we've got some fishes in here, you know, trying to lure the fish. But here's the principle, okay? What the word temptation means definition in Scripture is to be lured from one place to another. Okay? To be lured from one place to another. Okay, so when I had a temptation to lust or to uh, eat a bunch of candy because someone uh, yelled a name at me at school and it's been hurting really bad inside ever since, okay? But when I had a temptation to do something that I believed was wrong or not do something that I believe I should do that was right, did, when I was tempted, did I have any thoughts or feelings, Alex, you shouldn't do that. That is a sin. That is not right. That is not best for you. You should wait till later. Did I have anything like that or... Did I just do the sin immediately, instantly, no hesitation, and without any vibe conscience, 
the Holy Spirit, anything at all saying I shouldn't do it. Well, for me, I never once can remember doing a sin where I wasn't tempted, meaning I had thoughts and feelings saying I shouldn't do that. But then another thought or feeling saying it would feel good. Alright? It happened every time for me. Alright? Well, here's the deal. If that is true for you as it was for me, if I'm being tempted to sin, to do something wrong, it is proof that that is not where I am. Because remember, it means to be lured from one place to another. Well, I can't already be there if I'm being lured to there. Being lured to there means I'm somewhere else, which means not there. So if this is like uh, in a place of sin, unforgiven sin, or even lost, okay, then if I'm being lured, if I'm having the thoughts and feelings I should not do that, that's a sin, etc., it's proof that I'm not here. Because you can't be lured to somewhere when you're there already. That's not a lure. That's not temptation. So every time I remember sinning over decades of my life, I was tempted to sin first. That is proof that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm on the path of love, that I'm in the kingdom, that however you want to say that. Okay? Alright? That's proof that I'm here, not there. Well, the thing that made me feel so bad all those years is I knew all of my internal thought and imagination sinned and I felt lost and believed I was lost or about to be or if I did one more thing I would be or, or something like that. Alright? That's a lie. That is an absolute lie. If you are tempted to do the wrong thing, it's proof that you're saved and not in that place of being lost. Because then you would not be tempted. You would just do it because that is your nature. That's where you're living. Okay? So, I believe to many of you, maybe who are thinking about yourself like I did at that time in my life, and you're thinking because you do wrong things, even if it's internal thoughts and imagination, you feel dirty and lost and not good enough and all that sort of thing. Here's the question. Are you tempted to do that? But, but, but when you're tempted, you have the thought, I shouldn't, shouldn't do it, that's a sin, that's wrong, I should wait, whatever. If you have those thoughts, it means it is a temptation, which means you're not there in the lost, you're here in the saved. Okay? Hope that made sense. Now, there will be some of you who are not tempted. You've been doing something for so long that your conscience, your conscience is seared. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit. You, you're not consulting Scripture for 
how you should live. Well, okay, let this be a wake-up call, okay? Uh, you need to clean some things up. You need to repent. You need to change your life. You need to commit to God and get right with God and then uh, through Jesus uh, be baptized if you need to do that. Uh, I say that because everywhere in Scripture someone is asking about that. They say, okay, be baptized. It's just an outward ceremony that shows I'm committing to this in my life. All right? Or maybe you need to clean some junk up inside you. All right? Start intentionally listening to your conscience and the Holy Spirit and that internal vibe we get that Dr. Lipton talked about, until you get to a place where now you don't just do it, you're tempted to do it. And even if you do it when you're tempted to do it, the fact that you were tempted means you're not there. You're here. Okay? And, and so then, after you do it, you can't change the past, get back on the horse. Confess, repent, uh, get back on the horse, Okay, I'm going to try to do better the next time. But ladies and gentlemen, this is why grace, the grace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, is almost impossible to wrap your head around. Because most people I've counseled with have felt the way I felt in my life. That even if it's just my internal thoughts and imaginations, I sin all the time. And all these good things I should be doing, I'm not doing most of them. And occasionally, I commit an overt sin outside of myself, you know, an action that is sinful. And we think that is who we are. But according to uh, God's miracle plan of love, according to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the Apostle Paul, that is a lie. In fact, in Galatians 1, Paul said, Who has bewitched you into believing another gospel? And the other gospel was going back to that legalism of you do good, you get good, you do bad, you get bad. Under God's magnificent grace, as long as you have committed your life to Him, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and your intention is to live in love as best you can, but you'll never do it right, then when you're tempted, whether you do it or not, the temptation is proof that you are still right with God. You are still in the place of being saved. Okay? So I hope that's great news. If you're not tempted, clean some stuff up. Uh, recommit yourself, confess, uh, we'll talk to you if you need somebody to talk to, and I believe in no time, by the end of the day today, you can be right back over here in a place where you're safe and saved and in love, and doesn't mean you're not going to have problems in your life, doesn't mean you're going to do everything right, that's what the grace is all about. We can't do it right, and God knew that from the start. So, Every sin, not, not 9 out of 10, not 99 out of 100, every sin has been paid for before I even committed it. And that's also true of my future. 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, as long as I stay committed to God, 
through Jesus. And that's my intention. Okay, don't get intention confused with actions. Very often those are two very different things. And God knows the intentions of your heart. So as long as that's your intention to be right with God, live in love, etc., I believe you are saved, you're in the kingdom, and when you and when you are tempted to do something that is proof once again that that is not who and what and where you are. Have a wonderful, blessed day.